Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you. My name is Alicia. If you haven't met me previously, I have been part of the C3 community here in Hobart for about 22 years or something amazingly long like that, which is absolutely fantastic. So it is my privilege today to bring you uh, the word around serving others, which is just going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, Bernie Black and I this week had the privilege of going to Canberra on a delegation uh, to advocate to our elected members on on behalf of the world's poor uh, and on behalf of people and countries who can't afford or are being severely impacted by COVID across our world. And we saw 40 women, leaders in churches and charities, go to our nation's capital and talk to them and share our heart to say we are such a blessed country. It's time for us to take our place in the world and support the less fortunate. And it was such a great experience for me. And as I prepared for that, God talked to me about the message that I wanna share with you today. So I'm really excited to to share that and I'm gonna get straight into it. If you've got your Bible with you, I'm just gonna read you two quick passages to start and then we're gonna unpack a broader piece of scripture this morning. The first one I want to share with you is from Acts 20 and verse 35. And it says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus, who taught giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. And Matthew chapter 20 Verse 25 says this, it says, But Jesus called them together and he said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the Bible's pretty clear with us. We should serve. We should serve others. And when I was thinking about what I could share with you today, I don't need to tell a lot of you that that's what the Bible says. And we know that serving others is the right thing to do. We know it blesses us when we serve other people. We know that it makes a difference to people around us. It makes a difference in our world when we serve other people. And we know that it follows the example of Jesus when we serve. But what I see time and time again is that when we're actually making a decision personally on whether we serve someone else in a given moment, there's a battle. There's a battle. And I think of it like a gate where we're trying to make a decision as to whether we step through that gate and lay ourselves down for other people. At that gate, there's a battle. And it's a very deliberate battle by the enemy to see if he can hold us back from actually choosing to serve. And it can be a mental battle. Cynicism, getting like, I don't know, the problem's too big, I can't do anything. Maybe it's a physical battle for you. Maybe it's tiredness. Maybe physically you just, when the moment comes to see if you can go and help someone else, you're too tired. 
Or maybe even it's a needs battle. Whose needs are more important right now? My needs or their needs? And so we have this battle before we make the decision to go and serve. And I want to talk to you today about mindset. Because what helps you go through that gate is a change of heart and a change of mindset. So when we unpackage this scripture together, I want you to think about what your mindset is when that battle comes on about whether we choose to serve. So let's open our Bibles. Come with me to Philippians chapter 2. And I'm reading it from the Passion Translation and you can follow along on the screen or in your own Bibles. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2. And it says, look how much encouragement you have found in your relationship with the Anointed One. How much encouragement do we get from God? How much encouragement do we get by coming into this place and worshipping with other believers? How much encouragement? It says you are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and you have felt his tender affection and his mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart and one passion and united in love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free, completely free from pride-filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. And don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. Self-promotion hides. It comes out in lots of different ways. It comes out like I'm too busy. It comes out like, oh, I'm just trying to tell them what I think because I think that would help them. Self-promotion hides in our hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. You see, the Bible is full of both ends. We think the Bible is quite often just filled with absolutes, Yes and no's, right or wrong's, this or that. But the Bible's actually full as well of both ends. And so what this passage says is that the Bible tells us that God came to heal us, to help us, to forgive me, to bless me, to keep me safe to be my comfort and my strength and my peace and to give me rest. And here's the thing, the Bible does say that. And he is there for us. He loves us so much that all of that can be found in God. And it also says, have a greater concern for the needs of others than yourself. So it's not that your needs don't matter. And it's not that we totally forget ourselves to meet the needs of others. But in the balance of the both and have a greater concern for others than yourself. How much do I care for the people that Jesus loves? And if I do care, what do I do about it? 
And that's why the scripture in Philippians 2 goes on to say in uh, verse 5, it says, And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Listen to this, and this is the title of my message. Let his motivation, his mindset, become our motivation. Let his mindset. When I was preparing for this message, I wanted to share with you a story out of the Bible, somebody who could really show us what it is to actually serve others. And Jesus is the greatest example. And this scripture says, let his mindset, how he thought about things when he came to this world, let that be our motivation. Verse 6 says, He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant, and he became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. So let's have a think about what Jesus actually gave up. Have you ever thought about what he actually gave up? The Bible tells us that he gave up glory. Now, we, we don't understand what glory is. In our limited human experience, we, we've never seen glory, we've never understood it. But in this passage, glory is the weight of importance Greatness, honour, splendour and power. Jesus gave that up. He came here. He was in heaven before he came here. What did he have in heaven? He had perfection. He had perfect love. He had choirs of angels singing holy, holy to God the Father. And yet, in obedience, he came to this earth. And can you imagine what Jesus must have seen when he actually arrived on this planet? When he walked into a world that was so broken, into a Roman empire, where as he walked the streets, he saw hunger, brokenness, People with disabilities sitting beside pools that were cast aside by the rest of humanity, thrown some scraps of food and some money as people wandered past. That he saw women abused and marginalised in society. He saw religious people parading around with their cloaks on in in the city square, lording it over everyone else. And what did Jesus do? He began to serve. He began to show kindness. He began to heal people. He began to see people who were invisible. He went to places that the religious people wouldn't go. He walked into situations where somebody was about to be stoned to death. And he held their stones at bay through his words 
And then he pulled a lady up out of shame and set her on the road again. And you would have thought that that would have been enough. That Jesus had done his job. But God said, you're not finished yet. In fact, not only Jesus, do I want you to do that on the earth. Give up your glory and walk on this broken planet. But now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I'm going to ask you to die for those people. I'm going to ask you not to die on pain medication surrounded by your loved ones. But I'm going to ask you to die on a cross. I'm going to ask you to walk on a journey along a road where people will jeer at you and make fun of you. They will take a crown of thorns and they will put it into your head. You will be asked to carry your own wooden cross and you will die while we all stand there laughing and jeering at him. And Jesus began to talk to me about that. As I was reading over the last month, he was actually a real man. I think we forget that. He actually walked this planet. And at this time, he was about 33 years old. And it says in John 17 that as he was preparing for that, he knew that was coming. He was sitting with his disciples and he began to explain to his disciples, this is what is about to happen. I'm about to go. I'm going to die. And you're going to carry on my mission in this world. Now, if that was me at 33 years of age and God asked me to die a death like that, my last prayer would be about me. Anyone? My last prayer would be about me. God, help me. Give me the ability to do this. Give me courage to walk this journey. Give me, give me. And yet, Jesus, in John 17, prays. And both and, he does pray for himself. He prays that God would be with him. But he spends more of his prayer doing what? Praying for two things. One, his disciples. He prayed for the people that he loved. He prayed that they would be protected. There is a 33-year-old man about to face one of the cruelest deaths we could possibly imagine. And yet his heart and his mind were on the people that he loved. He prayed for their protection. He prayed that they would be filled with joy. He prayed that they would be together in unity, that they would know God the Father as they begin to do their work on the earth. And then he said something extraordinary. In verse 19, he said, And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. And as this young man continued to pray, he said, God, this prayer is not just for them. 
It is for anybody who would ever believe in me. Jesus prayed for me. He prayed for you right before he went to make the ultimate sacrifice. He said, I pray that they would know God the Father. I pray that they would know me as the access point to knowing the Father. His heart was for us, even as he faced death. I want a heart like that. I want a heart like that. I want a mindset that transforms me so that despite whatever is going on in my life, that my heart and my mind and my hands are actually for others. That when the battle comes at that gate where I'm trying to choose whether I help someone, whether I step out in generosity, when that battle comes, I walk through it because my heart is transformed. That my heart is different. That I know the power and the freedom and the blessing in sacrificing myself for someone else. Craig Rochelle said something in a podcast that I was listening to recently that stuck out to me. He said this. He said, comfort and my needs being met never moved me to action. Comfort never made me more like Jesus. It didn't make me act to make the world a better place. It didn't shake me to remove the suffering of others or meet someone else's needs. Pain, suffering, trials and sacrifice snap me out of my self-centered pursuit of comfort what if the most special blessings from God come on the other side of the pain that moves you out of self to care for other people on his behalf that's so powerful and I know that to be true serving others and the mindset of Jesus has changed my life It's two things that I have lived by for a long time, a long number of years. One is when I get the opportunity to give, vision builders, tithing, and to the charities that my husband and I support, I'm in. No battle at the gate, I'm in. A discipline that I've established in my life because the discipline of giving financially makes sure that your financial world and your thinking about your own needs stays focused on where it needs to go. It's established in my heart. I'm in. I don't, I don't battle about it anymore. I'm in. And the second thing is that if I come home from a day of work and I'm stressed, angry, anxious, sad, and my mind is churning over what is going on in my life, the first thing I do is do something for someone else. In response, I'll send a text message to someone else. I'm thinking of you. I will bake a meal and send it to someone else. I'll write on a card and send it to someone else. And the reason why I do that is because God established that really early in my life to say that is the key to getting your eyes off yourself and to start thinking about others. And in that, there's breakthrough in our hearts. There's breakthrough. 
in our own hearts that the needs of others are more important. My needs are important, absolutely. God cares and He meets me. But the needs of others are more important. I have a greater concern. You want a life of contentment and a life of peace, a life of fulfilment? Have a greater concern for the needs of others than yourselves. What would it look like if together, all of us who are part of C3 Hobart, what would it look like if our hearts were fully transformed? If we took our place in the broader body of Christ, every single one of us with what we can, to stand, to use our voice, to use our hands, to use our resources, to actually change elements of this world that are broken. If we as a people could stand up and say, I am going to have less concern with how comfortable I am and more concern with lifting others up to destroying poverty and stopping slavery and to bringing people to Jesus, to to restore families, to support teenage mums to be the hands and feet of Jesus. What would it look like if we all stood in unity just as Jesus prayed that we would and turned not only to our own needs but take extraordinary action for those who don't know Jesus. Change our heart, God, for what breaks yours. God's heart breaks over sin. That's what the Bible tells us. Why does God's heart break over sin? Because sin hurts people. Brokenness comes from sin. There's no battle when our hearts get transformed. And on the inside of us, we begin to see people that Jesus loves. And we use His mindset as our motivation. When I am struggling, Jesus' mindset is my motivation to step through. Why don't we just stand up this morning? God, I thank you that you are with us this morning. God, I thank you that you will transform our hearts, that you break our hearts for what breaks yours. Jesus, that we take your mindset as you gave up glory, you gave up importance and honour and perfection to walk on this very broken planet. And you did that because you loved us. Help our mindsets be our motivation. Help us to just lay down our lives, to trust you, God, Help us see 
people that are invisible. Help us to be just helping hands where there's people that are struggling. Help us to recognise the blessings and not see the gaps in our own lives, but be focused on what you have given us, to be a heart full of praise for what you have given us so that we can give because it overflows out of us. Help us not be disconnected and and stuck in a blessed place and not actually feel something for parts of our world that are going through something that we could not understand. Help us be your church. Help us to be those people that you have called us to be, the light and the salt and the hands of Jesus in this planet. Just as all eyes are bowed and and you take time to reflect on the mindset of Jesus, I just want to talk to anyone who's here this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus personally. But I just want to share with you this morning that as I talk through His journey, He did that for you. He did that for your sin. He said, I don't want them to hurt anymore. I don't want them to have to pay the price or the penalty for their own sin. I'm going to do it on their behalf. And He did that for you. And when He died, He paid that penalty. He made the ultimate sacrifice. But that ultimate sacrifice didn't stop when Jesus died because let me tell you, three days later, He rose again. And the reason He rose again was to demonstrate to us that He defeated the power of sin over humanity. That He made a way between us and God that He came that we might have life to the full, that He became the conduit, that all things are possible through what Jesus did. He is alive and He is present and He is here for you today. And if that's you and you've never met Him, just as every eyes closed and every head is bowed, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to meet Him. I wanna pray with you after the service. If that's you, you can just raise your hand. You can put it straight back down again. I'm going to see it and I'm going to pray with you at the end of the service. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to receive Jesus for the first time in their lives today? Just as I look around, you can raise your hand. You can put it down and I will pray with you at the end of the service. If you are online and that is you, you can just let us know via c3h.life that you want to make a decision for Jesus and we will be in contact with you and we will bring you into the knowledge of what Jesus is. Thank you, God. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.